Jayam Vishnupad, Paramahamsa, Parikaraj, Gacharya, Shatala Sata, Shishimad, 
His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Anantakoti Vaishnava Brindiki Antaraj Shima Bhagavatam Ki Jaya Nitai Gopremanandi All glories to some devotees All glories to some devotees All glories to some devotees All glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga Narayanam Namaskritya Nalam Chevanarotamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tatojayam Udirayat Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 7, Chapter 3, Chapter entitled to Rannikashipu's Plan to Become Immortal Text number 31 Twameva kalo nimisha jananam. Twameva kalo nimisha jananam. Ayulavadya Tvam jiva loka shacha jiva atma Tvam eva kalo mimiso jnanam Ayula sadya vayashinoshi Kutasta atma panamesha jomaham. Tram jiva lokashascha jiva atma. Tram eva kalo nimisho jananam. Ayula vadya vaya vaishinosi Kutasta atma padameshya jomaham Tram jiva loka shacha jiva atma
Tvam Yu. Eva, indeed. Kala, unlimited time. Animisha, unblinking. Jananam, of all living entities. Ayu, the duration of life. Lava Adi, consisting of seconds, moments, minutes, and hours. Avyayavai, by different parts. Shinosi, reduced. Kutasta, without being affected by anything. Atma, the super soul. Parameshti, the supreme lord. Naja, the unborn. Mahan, the great. Twam, you. Jivalokasya, of this material world. Cha, also. Jiva, the cause of life. Atma, the super soul. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. O my Lord, your Lordship is eternally awake, seeing everything that happens. At a, as eternal time, you reduce the duration of life for all living entities through your different parts, such as moments, seconds, minutes, and hours. Nonetheless, you are unchanged, resting in one place as the super soul, witness and supreme Lord. The birthless, all-pervading controller is uh, who is the cause of life for all living entities. Purport. In this verse, the word kutasta is very important. Although the Supreme Personality of Godhead is situated everywhere, he is the central unchanging point. Ishwarasavabhutanam fridesher juna tishtati. The Lord is situated in full in the core of everyone's heart, as indicated in the Upanishads by the word ekatvam. Although there are millions and millions of living entities, the Lord is situated as the super soul in every one of them. Nonetheless, he is one in many. As stated in the Brahma Samhita, Advaita Machutya Manadiyam, Anantarupam, he has many forms, yet they are Advaita, one and unchanging. Since the Lord is all-pervading, he is also situated in eternal time. The living entities are described as parts and parcels of the Lord because he is the life and soul of all living entities, being situated within their hearts as the Antuyami, as enunciated by the philosophy of inconceivable oneness and difference, achincha, beda, beda. Since the living entities are part of God, they are one in quality with the Lord, yet they are different from him. The super soul who inspires all living entities to act is one and changeless. There are varieties of subjects, objects, and activities, yet the Lord is one. Amagyan timanandasya kinanjana shalakaya chakshun militam jena tasmai shri gurave namaha.
Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Swa Padantikam Bancha Kaupata Rubyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyevacha Petitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shivasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Ram Rama, Hare Hare. Mm. So in this verse, it is being described uh, the position of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. No? So... The Bhagavatam uh, speaks to us about philosophy because actually the Bhagavatam is to understand Krishna. But to understand Krishna, you have to understand who Krishna is. Uh, so in the very beginning of the Bhagavatam, uh, as Prabhupada explains in the introduction, Prabhupada said the Bhagavatam must be studied, studied categorically. Uh, it means you have to study it from the first canto to the twelfth canto. Right? It's, that's the, the order. And it, it's not spoken haphazardly. It wasn't spoken randomly. Right? It's spoken very systematically. Now, mm, the main focus of the Bhagavatam is to understand Krishna. Right? That's what the Bhagavatam teaches us. And the tenth canto is the main uh, focus uh, because it is the ashraya, or it speaks about Krishna himself. So it is the goal of the Bhagavatam is to read the tenth canto and understand the tenth canto. It's understand Krishna's pastimes. Uh, but in order to understand Krishna's pastimes properly, you have to read the first nine cantos systematically. You can read anywhere in the Bhagavatam. Prabhupada said you can pick up any of his books. And you can read it and you will get benefit and nectar. Just like when you pick up an apple, if the apple is ripe, you can bite it from any direction, it will be sweet. So when you pick up one of Prabhupada's books, uh, it will be sweet. It doesn't matter where you read it. But at some point in your life, you have to read Prabhupada's books systematically. That's why Prabhupada developed these courses, Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti... Vaibhav, Bhakti, Vedanta, and Bhakti, Savabhoma. There's a systematic study. Uh, at some point in your life, you have to study Prabhupada's book systematically. So the Bhagavatam needs to be studied like that, categorically. You have to go through it, the ninth cantos, because then when you get to the tenth canto, you'll understand who Krishna is. Otherwise, you won't understand who he is. You'll misconstrue him. You'll think, oh, he is lusty, uh, or he is, uh, you might judge him based on material qualities. And Krishna is not a material person. But if you don't understand, if you don't study the Bhagavatam properly, you won't understand who he is. So these verses are here like that. They give us the understanding of who Krishna actually is. They explain Krishna's philosophical position. So first of all, uh, Prabhupada points out in the purport 
that Krishna is known as Kutasta. What does Kutasta mean? Without being affected by anything. Hands up if you're not affected by anything. Hands up if you're affected by everything. <laughs> everything affects us. Everyone's got problems about everything. Oh, I didn't get enough to eat. I didn't get enough to eat. Oh, I got too much to eat. Oh, I got too much to eat. Eh? There's a problem. Oh, I got the right amount to eat. Even that's a problem. Eh? Everyone complains about everything in Kali Yuga. Oh. Kalo Sudro Sambhava. Right? Everyone in, in Kali Yuga is either a Shudra or less. Uh, that is the nature of Kali Yuga. Uh, there are four divisions in the, Van, in the Varnashram system. Uh, in terms of Varna, there are four uh, divisions. Brahmana, Chatri, Vaisha and Sudra. So you can understand what sort of a person someone is by the conversation they have. What does a Brahmana speak about? Yeah, Shastra. He speaks about spiritual things. Ah. The Brahmana will, when you speak, he, he, will, he will say to you, how is your endeavor going to understand the absolute truth? Now, people who speak about spiritual things, we understand that as Brahmana. And then Chatriya, what does Chatriya speak about? Hmm? Yeah, politics. Yeah. What is happening in the... <laughs> How is the kingdom going? Uh, management. You know, some devotees, they talk about management all the time. Uh, because that, that's like chatriya. Uh, chatriya means administrator, uh, manager. Then, uh, the Vaisha. What does the Vaisha speak about? Uh, money. Uh, all day long. Money is sweeter than honey. Uh, how are your finances? How are your investments? How much money do you have? Uh, do you have enough money? Do you need more money? Uh, it's always money, 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 right? That is Vaisha. They understand. And then Shudra, what do they speak about? Huh? What does Shudra speak about? Huh? They complain. Right? That's how you know someone is Shudra. They always complain. Right? Always. Oh, oh, the weather. Oh, the weather is terrible. Ah, oh, you know. What about the politicians? Ah, oh, the politicians. Ah, oh, it's always complaining. That is Sudra. So in Kali Yuga, everyone is Sudra or less. Kalo, Sudra, Sambhava. Now, everyone's always complaining in Kali Yuga. Well, you look at the news, just complaining. Problems. Ah, oh, this happened, that happened. Oh, so many useless things. That is the nature of the Kali Yuga. So it says here the Krishna is kutasta. Kuta means he's not affected by anything. In the material world, everyone is affected by things. Everyone complains all the time. Just like I was thinking uh, on Sunday, I was very tired. We, got, we had to drive to Melbourne because uh, yesterday we celebrated the disappearance festival of His Holiness Kanambakan and Swami. So we. On Sunday, we had our Sunday feast at the farm. And we don't have many devotees at the farm at the moment, so a lot of work. You know, we have to cook everything, serve everything, clean everything. 
lead the kirtan, give the class, like, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of service. So I was very tired. And then at the end, then we had to drive to Melbourne, you know, pack everything we need for the festival, then drive to Melbourne, and then get things ready. Uh, and then yesterday we get up and then we go and uh, help the devotees organize the festival. So I'm very tired. And I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I wish I had a spiritual body. Spiritual bodies don't get tired. Uh, Krishna is like that. You never read uh, pastimes where Krishna is tired. Now, he might act like he's tired for pastime, but he's not actually tired. Uh, but in the material world, you have problems. Uh, always so. So Krishna is not affected by anything. He is kutasta. Kutasta means nothing bad, only good things. Mm. Just like the other day, I was picking uh, roses for uh, my puja, the seva, uh, to our Govardhanchi, like Giri Raj. And then when I was picking the rose, then I got the mm, thorn pricked me. You know when you pick the roses and you get... And then I thought to myself, I wish I was in the spiritual world because that doesn't happen. <laughs> in the spiritual world, nothing pricks you or you don't, you know, kick your toe. You know, sometimes you kick your toe and it really hurts. That doesn't happen in the spiritual world. <laughs> uh, no birth, no death, no old age, no disease, no suffering. But here in the material world, like, uh, danger at every step. Every time you step, you don't know what's going to happen. Radhanath Swami said one time, anything can happen at any time. Welcome to the material world. Materialworld.com.au uh, Material world is a place of suffering. Uh, but the spiritual world, there is no suffering. Uh, only in the material world. Mm. So Krishna is kutasta. Right? Prabhupada then... Uh, uh, he, he then quotes also a verse from the Bhagavad Gita. He said, Krishna is in the core of everyone's heart. And he knows the desires of every living entity. Uh, Prabhupada says that one of the verses in the Bhagavad Gita is called the peace formula. Which verse is that? Prabhupada calls it the peace formula. Yes. Uh, uh, so there's chapter 5, verse 29. What is the verse? Uh, chapter 5, verse 29. Don't know that one? Okay. Have it memorized yet? Chapter 5? Oh, you don't know fifth chapter. Okay. That's okay. You can learn that. That one is important. How does it go, that verse? Yeah, so these three lines. Huh? Krishna says in the fourth line, he says, Shantim. Shanti means peace. Prabhupada says it is the peace formula. Huh? Because the world is looking for peace. Everyone, everyone wants world peace. But why is the world not peaceful? Everyone, everyone wants it, then why, why isn't it working? Tell me why. Why doesn't it work? Everyone wants peace and why does it work? Because you don't follow the peace formula, Prabhupada says. First line, Bhaktaram Jagya Tapasam. Uh, Bhaktaram, what does Bhaktaram mean? 
Bhakta, Bhaktaram, Jagya Tapasam. The enjoyer, who is the enjoyer of the Jagya and the Tapa, the Tapasya, it is Krishna. When you do Tapasya, why do you do Tapasya? What does Tapasya mean? Austerity. What sort of austerities do you do? Follow ecology, very good. Is that, is that difficult? It's not even difficult. Like in ISKCON, we don't even our austerity, austerity is not difficult. Kodashi prasadam is even nicer than normal prasadam. We're supposed to be doing austerity on ekadashi. Nijal, no, don't even drink water, don't even eat anything. Devotees eat more in ekadashi. Where is the austerity? Uh, ISKCON, there's not much austerity actually. Uh, so tapasya, but tapasya means, mm, when you do service for Krishna, it is tapasya. Uh, just like the other day, like I said, we had to do the Sunday feast. It's a tapasya, it's an austerity. Uh, because we have to sacrifice for Krishna. Uh, jagya, jagya means sacrifice. Right? So much service to do. We're so tired, but still we do it. Just like you went for the catering event. Hands up if you went for the catering event. Here you went. Uh, so then you can't sleep. Right? Because they make too much noise and you have to serve 12 hours a day and it's an austerity. Uh, but we're blissful. Why? Because we're doing it for Krishna. Uh, devotional service which is done for Krishna because he is the enjoyer, he is the bhakta. Uh, why is he the bhakta? Because he enjoys the boga. Uh, what is the boga? That which is to be enjoyed. Uh, just like we offer the boga to Krishna, just like now the devotees are offering the boga to Krishna. The offering is meant for Krishna. Uh, would you ever eat it before it is offered to Krishna? When we cook everything and then before we offer it to Krishna, would you eat it before we offer it to Krishna? No devotee would do that. I would never do that. Right? Because it is meant for Krishna's service, his pleasure. You can't eat what is meant for Krishna's pleasure. Why? Because it is meant for Krishna's pleasure. You're not the, the main enjoyer, you're the secondary enjoyer. Bhaktaram Jagatapasam. So everything, that, that's how you become peaceful. You become peaceful when you offer, so the world wants world peace, but they don't offer everything to Krishna. Uh, which restaurant offers uh, prasadam? Crossways? Gopals? Radis? Chaiba? Uh, and what about all the other restaurants? You have Om Vegetarian. You know, all, all these restaurants. It's not prasad. It doesn't taste the same. It's not prasad. Not offered to Krishna. <coughs> hmm. Only when it's offered to Krishna, then it tastes uh, delicious. Lord Chaitanya says in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. He says when it is uh, mixed with Krishna's saliva, then it becomes delicious. That's what prasadam is. Why does prasadam taste so good? Because it's mixed with Krishna's saliva. Uh, that's why it tastes so good. That's Mahaprasadam. Offered to Krishna. So the world becomes peaceful. Otherwise, Krishna says in third chapter of Bhagavad Gita, if you take the boga before it is offered to Krishna, then it is pap. Pap means sinful. That means you will get reaction, you will get karma. If you eat something before it is offered to Krishna, you will get karma. So therefore you have to offer it to Krishna. There's no karma. Then you will become peaceful. 
And what is the second line? Bhaktaram Jagatapasam Savaloka Maheshwaram. Savaloka. What is Savaloka? What is Savaloka? All the planets. Which planet belongs to Krishna? All of them. Well, this planet we're on now, who does it belong to? Krishna. Huh? So why are people not peaceful? Because they think the planet belongs to them. Um, someone buys a block of land, <coughs> one acre, and they think, oh, that belongs to me. No, it doesn't belong to you, it belongs to Krishna. Okay? So then, as long as you think like that, you will, not, you will suffer in the material world. Therefore, your property has to become an, an ashram. Hmm? Just like Burujan Prabhu and Mother Jagatarini, where do they live? Ah, Perth. And what is the name of their place where they live? Gopinath Dham. Yeah, because why do they call it Gopinath Dham? Because this place, it belongs to Gopinath. It belongs to Krishna, the, the master of the Gopis. <coughs> when they first moved into that place, that ashram, they took their murti, their deity of Prabhupada, and they took Prabhupada through every room. Every room. Why? Because it all belongs to Guru and Garanga, Guru and Krishna. So that is, and Burajan Prabhu told me, and he said, your house, you have to give it a name uh, because it is an ashram, just like my, where I live uh, at Hare Krishna Valley. We call our ashram Sri Govardhan Seva Ashram. Right? It is the ashram where Govardhan is served. Seva Ashram. It is not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Uh, it belongs to Krishna. Mm -hmm. So this is how you become peaceful. Uh, very important. If you're a Grihasta, most of the devotees are Grihastas, then you have to name your house, you have to give it a name as an ashram. It belongs to Krishna. It doesn't belong to you. Uh, stop trying to enjoy your house. It belongs to Krishna, not to you. Uh, you have to give your, Grihasta have to give your ashram, your home, a name that it belongs to Krishna. Bhaktaram Jagatapasam Savaloka Maheshwaram Then Suridam Savabhutanam Surit Surit What is Surit? Suridam Savabhuta What is Savabhuta? All the Bhutas All the living entities We are Bhutas What does Bhuta mean? Usually we say ghost, uh, so you're all ghosts, <laughs> you're all ghosts. But actually Bhuta can mean living entity. Krishna says Sabhabhutanam, means all the living entities. Suhrit means the best friend, best friend. Just like what are the, what are the Sanskrit words we use for friend? Saka, yeah, what else? Bandhu. Very good, yeah. What else? Suhrit, yeah. 
What else? Mitra. Okay. All these words. Mitra. What does Mitra mean? Friend. Very good. What does Bandhu mean? Very good. What else? Hmm? Saka. What does Saka mean? Friend. All these words mean friend. But then Suhrit. Out of all the words, Suhrit means best friend. If someone's your Suhrit, that means your best friend. It means Hrit. Hridaya means the heart. Suhrit means the person who makes you most happy in the heart. Think of the person who makes you the most happy in the heart. Right? That's Krishna. And then there are other devotees who also make you very happy. Huh? And there are some devotees who make you unhappy. Because this is the material world. Huh? Duality. Material world means always like that. Someone's your friend, but then someone gives you problems. That's the material world. The spiritual world is not like that. Uh, but Suhrit means the best friend. So when you see Krishna is your best friend, then you'll be peaceful. When you see the devotees are your real friends, then you'll be peaceful. That's why the world is not peaceful. They don't see Krishna as the best friend. Some people say Krishna does not even exist. Just like there's one famous scientist in Australia at the moment. Uh, is it Hawkins? Uh, think, just trying to think of his name. Uh, so he, he says God does not exist. Uh, it's not very intelligent. That's why they are not peaceful. <laughs> so you have to have these things. have to have these three things. Everything should be offered to Krishna. Right? He owns everything and he is my best friend. Then you will be peaceful. TK? TK, okay. Acha. Right. Then you'll be peaceful. Uh, otherwise you'll not be peaceful. That's the nature of the material world. So it's explained here. We have to understand these points. Uh, <coughs> Prabhupada quotes Brahma Samhita. Advaitam, achutyam, anadim, anantarupam. This is Krishna's form. Advaita. What does Advaita mean? Advaita. Non-dual. Yeah, Krishna, Krishna is not different from his body. You're different from your body. What's the first thing Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita? You are not your body. Do you understand it? Only in theory. A theory, but we have to realize that you are not the body. The body is temporary. Right? It's just something that we're in now. We identify with it, but it's temporary. Krishna and his body are not different. And your soul and your spiritual body, they are not different. Advaitam. Achutyam. What does achutyam mean? Infallible. Very good. All these words have deep meaning. Just like in Bhagavad Gita. Has anyone read Bhagavad Gita? You read Bhagavad Gita? Yeah. You heard of Bhagavad Gita? Yeah. So in Bhagavad Gita, there are many names which Arjuna uses when he speaks to Krishna. What are some of the names uh, Arjuna calls Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. Which one? Madhusudana. Very good. Yep. What else? Kesha. Yeah. What else? Huh? Achutya. Govinda. Very good. Yeah. Savyasachi. Yeah. Many names. 
uh, Arjuna. These are not haphazard. It's not that Arjuna just picks one name. Oh, Makunda. Oh, Keshava. Oh, Govinda. No. Deep meaning. Why does he use that particular name? Janardana. Why is he using particular names? So he says in the very beginning, uh, uh, in the first chapter, he says to Krishna, please take my chariot in between the two armies. And he calls Krishna Achutya. What does Achutya mean? Infallible. What does infallible mean? Someone who will never let you down. Right? There's not many people like that. How many people do you know who will never let you down? How many people will never let you down? Huh? Those people are Achutya or Achutya Das or Achutya Dasi. They will never let you down. Right? Krishna is Achutya. He will never let you down. So Arjuna says, Krishna, please take my Senayo, Ubuyo, Maje, Ratam, Stapaya, Mechutta. Please take my chariot between the two armies. Why is he called Krishna Chutya? Because Krishna will do it for him. Krishna is driving his chariot. Huh? Would you ever get in a chariot and say to Krishna, okay, take me down to IGA? Would you ever do it? No. Would you get in the car and say to your Guru Maharaj, okay, drive me to IGA? Would you do it? No. We would not do it. We'd never do it. But Krishna is driving Arjuna. And they are so close, their relationship is so close, that uh, Arjuna says to Krishna, you are Achutya, you will not let me down. When I ask you to drive the chariot, you will drive it. Huh? That is his extraordinary position, his extraordinary relationship with Krishna. Krishna is known as Achutya, he's infallible. Huh? These words are not uh, haphazard, they're very significant, these words. Advaitam achucham anadim. Anadi means anadi, without beginning. Uh, when did Krishna begin? Never. When does Krishna stop? Never. When do we begin? Never. How does that. It, it, this is called uh, uh, inconceivable. Inconceivable means achintya. We are created by Krishna, but we've always existed. How does that make sense? You make something, but it was already there. How does that make sense? It's called achintya, inconceivable. We all come from Krishna, but we were already there. How does that make sense? Right. So when, you, when you're dealing with Krishna, you just have to say, you're too powerful. <laughs> Too powerful to understand. You get to a point with Krishna, you just have to say, okay, I accept you. You are my Lord. I can't understand you, but I worship you. You're too powerful to understand. So anadi means without beginning. Krishna has no beginning. We also have no beginning. Then there is uh, ananta rupam. Ananta rupam means? unlimited forms right krishna has unlimited Prabhupada says you cannot count them he says like waves in the ocean how many waves are there in the ocean 
1,276,336. I counted yesterday. I was wondering how many there were. I stood there, I counted. Huh? Unlimited. Right? There are unlimited. Krishna has unlimited forms. Right? Unlimited forms. Anantarupam. And each form is also unlimited. That is Krishna. So he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So in these verses in the Bhagavatam, we understand something about Krishna's supreme position. Why do we have to understand Krishna's supreme position? So you will not think he is an ordinary person when you read the Krishna book, when you read the 10th canto. Otherwise you will think he's like you. He's not like you. He's more powerful. Otherwise you become bewildered. That is called maya. Don't think Krishna is ordinary. Krishna is not ordinary. That's why we have to study Prabhupada's books very carefully so that you will treat Krishna properly. So I'll stop there. Any questions or any comments on anything that we talked about? Maybe one um, about us uh, coming from Krishna, being created by Krishna, but always being there. I, I guess I'm embarrassing myself even trying to understand this, but would you say that maybe like the, like, ah, oh, no, I don't. Because there's no answer. <laughs> because it is achintya. Huh? So you get to a point with Krishna, you just fold your hands. You say, I love you because you're my Lord. I don't understand you because you're too powerful to understand. Just like when Arjuna saw the universal form, chapter 11. What did Arjuna say? Yeah. He said, can you please just turn back into Krishna? because this is blowing my mind. You know, it's too, too powerful. That wasn't even everything. That universal form is not even everything. That's just something of his power. But that was enough. And Arjuna was so powerful, but when he saw that, he was like, oh, Krishna, this is too much. Too much. Huh? It is too much. Just show me this Shamasunda form again, please. Oh, that's, okay. that's how we deal with Krishna. Just worship him, just love him, serve him nicely. But he's powerful. Don't forget, don't forget it. Okay? Okay. Any other questions? Any other questions? Okay. Srila Prabhupada Ki? Jai. Please come again.